Hi everyone, this is Dr. Jessica and welcome to another episode of The Spinning Chronicles, Life with a Vestibular Disorder. Those who are new and don't know about what this podcast is about, it's me with my journey with a vestibular disorder. Decided to do this podcast to give some hope and shed some light to people out there in this world that are suffering with a vestibular disorder and to show that we can all heal. Those who have been listening already and subscribed to my um, station, thank you so much and welcome back to another episode. So let's get to it. Hi everyone, Dr. Jessica is back here today. Um, Last time we talked about was when I went to see a neuro-ophthalmologist where I was diagnosed with CI, convergence insufficiency, and then my VRT therapist, my vestibular rehab therapist, sent me to see a neuro-optometrist to see if it could help me with my visual vertigo symptoms or visual dizziness symptoms. And I spoke that I found one near my house and that she will take insurance for the initial but not for the the, uh, vision therapy services. And then COVID hit. So, um, I was supposed to start with her in March, but then they locked down New York because of COVID cases. So she gave me this software. Um, I don't know if I can say the name or not because I don't want it to be a announcement, me promoting something, even though it's amazing, um, that I could do at home. I did it morning, uh, lunchtime, and nighttime, evening time. So I was feeling okay. I was feeling like 40, I think I said 45%. And... I continued doing it at home um, until they reopened back. Um, she reopened back her office. I think it was the end of April. So I spent the whole month of, I think it was April or May that I started with her again. I think it was May. I'll take that back. So this whole time I still had my static vision. I couldn't focus my eyes. I realized that if I sat in the couch and look at something far away, I can say like, 40 to 50 feet away from where I was sitting, I couldn't focus my eyes and everything was like staticky or what we call visual snow. Um, so when they when she reopened back her office, I was able to go back. She calls me. She says, I'm going to open my office back such and such day. Can you come on a Tuesday? I told her I can't because Tuesdays I work. So she opens that office near my house on Tuesdays and Sundays. So she said, does Sunday work for you? I'm like, that's great. So she said, she tells me, make sure you wear leggings or working out pants, sneakers, and a comfortable working out shirt, um, a t-shirt, a nice shirt, sweater, whatever you want to do, but you're going to be moving a lot. I was like in my mind, okay, um, but it's just for my eyes. Didn't tell her that. But I was like, sure, that's what I normally wear. Anywhere I go, I wear like a nice pair of leggings, sneakers, and a regular t-shirt. So I go in, and this is in a town that is really a nice town here in Long Island. And I'm looking for the, 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 the area. And I've already been there because she did an exam. But then I found a big parking lot in the back, and it has two doors, one in the front, one in the back. I didn't know that. Um, and I go in, and I see all these people. It was not a lot of people. It was like probably like two patients there, her and another doctor. Um, the, the the two people were skating, like in this skating pad side to side with our Xbox remote control. And I was like, uh, okay, that sounds, that looks interesting. 
So when she sees me, she comes, she pulls me in. She goes, how are you feeling? I'm like, well, basically the same since I last saw you. Nothing has literally changed. Um, I've been doing the software at home. And she goes, I know because I've been um, checking out your progress. The good thing about that software is that you can also see the report of your initial exam. And my eye motion was graded as poor by the software. So my eyes were horrible. So she tells me, um, I noticed that you have done the exercises, which, are, which is great, um, but this is gonna be slow progress with you. How you been feeling since you first saw me to now? I'm like, I feel basically the same, but I feel tiny bit better. I can say like 2% better. She goes, okay, progress is progress. Even though it's a small numbers or big numbers, I will be worried if there was no changes. Um, me as a healthcare provider, as a chiropractor, I always ask, I always tell my patients that progress is good, even though it's our small steps. Because remember, it took us, what, 10 months, some people 11 months to go from sitting, laying down to walking. So it takes time. It's all about patience and progress and you keep doing the exercises at home. So she first has me and then she gives me these goggles. They're like three dimensional goggles. And she goes, we're going to do something. What's it called? The neuro, neuro core. I was like, what? Oh, she goes, oh, I forgot that you're the first. This is your first time. She gave me these goggles and it's a 3D goggle. You put on and you look at the computer and the balls highlight. And she goes, so you have to tell me the order of the numbers. And I do it standing still, and I tell her the board, the balls start bouncing, bouncing all around slow. And if you get it right, it keeps up catching speed. I didn't do so great. I think I got out of, I think it's 15 times you have to do it. Out of 15, I get like a score out of five. So if you get it wrong, the balls go back to their previous speed slower. So I got like five out of 15. Um, then she has this little thing. It's like a little box case, like a viewing box. It looks like an x-ray viewing box, but it's smaller. And it has a light. And then on the bottom, on the top, she puts these two films, two in the top, two in the bottom. And she goes, put on these glasses. It's, they look like those 3D movie glasses at the theaters, the black ones. And she tells me, let me know in the bottom when you're able to, let me know when you see a double. And I tell her, I see a double. Let me know when you put them together. And I told her, how do I know? She goes, on the left-hand side, there's a letter, an R and an L. If you see that R and an L, they're both in the box, and you look at the big picture, means that they're, you're able to put it in together. But if you only see one letter and the other one is not inside that box, then it means um, you haven't been able to focus. So the bottom was fine. The top one, which is divergence. I have problem diverging my eyes a lot more than converging. I'm able to do convergence. Convergence is that your eyes are able to focus forward. Um, I have more problem diverging my eyes, which is me relaxing them. Okay. I, I'm not, a, I'm not able to relax my eyes that much. So they stay stuck a little bit. Um, so on the top, she there's numbers there's like a, a ruler and she writes it down and she knows if i'm making progress or not if on, on how much i'm able to diverge or converge my eyes so we did that um she has this um trampoline looking with sandbags but each sandbag has a letter and she tells you catch 10 with this hand catch 10 with this hand she throws them 
and she tells you, catch it with the left, catch it with the right, catch it with the left, catch it with the right, or catch it with the right, throw it back to me, right? So I did those. And then she has me doing squats and jumping jacks and skating. I, it's a whole hour long workout. It's all vision. And she had me sweating like a, like a pig. <laughs> I haven't worked out that hard since I had my first um, episode with my vestibular disorder. And at the end, I'm a, I'm a type of patient that likes to ask questions. I always tell my patients, ask questions. Don't be afraid. Doctors are there to educate you. That's why you are their patients. So I remember after we finished and I asked her, why do you have me working out like this fast, 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 moving um, if my problem is my eye? She goes, well, we have to create new pathways, right? Your brain has to work out somehow. And your vision is not always going to be static vision. You're going to be walking, moving, changing your head, looking up and down. I cannot train vision sitting on a chair looking at something throughout the day because that's not what you do. That's not that what people do. People drive, people walk, people do things, people exercise. Like you're a chiropractor, you have to bend over, you have to pick help your, your patients pick um, lift them up from the table. You do a lot of things with your patients, so I have to make your um, and also you were an athlete. And she goes, and I have to make your workout, your vision therapy programs, and mimic what you do throughout the day. If you were a person that is sedentary, that cannot move, or um, brisk movements causes the vertigo, the spinning episodes, if you had like a really bad brain injury, the therapy sessions are different. In your case, you never had a brain injury. You never smoked something pot-wise that it was stinky or not good to give you all these problems. And um, you never had a concussion because one of the things that she said with binocular vision disorder is that people who suffer from them either had a brain injury, a concussion, or sometimes she's had encounter patients at a young age like myself that they have smoked pot or weed that is old and for some reason causes something called neurotoxicity. Weed or pot has high levels of THC, which is a depressor. So it makes you feel light and high. So your reflexes and your muscles are not working as well. People who smoke pot sometimes don't have fast visual reflexes and their eyes relax too much. So it causes something, um, if it's a bad batch, she said, called neurotoxicity, that can affect the nerves in your system. It affects your ears, it affects your eyes. And she says, and there's this, this other one called congenital. She go, I'm like, congenital? She goes, yeah. Congenital means you were born like this. You didn't know you have it because at a young age, our body is able to bounce back and be able to recuperate from any type of differences that our body might sense that you don't feel. As the, old, the older you get, the more symptoms you're going to feel because your body is unable to bounce back as fast as you were when you were a child. And I was like, huh, interesting that you say that. And she goes, why? I'm like, because um, I know that my dad gets sometimes dizzy. And I know that he says it just comes and goes really fast and it doesn't stick for long. So I might have been born, born like this. She goes, you might have, but you never know, you know, because um, as your dad 
ever had any therapy sessions or anything. I'm like, no, he lives in Puerto Rico. So there's, I don't think there's um, neuro optometrists in Puerto Rico. So she goes, oh, because it would have been nice to evaluate him to see how he's doing. And I was like, I know, but I'll, I'll find out more. So what I did was what every person do. I went home and I looked up on Google. Right. So I type in binocular vision dysfunction symptoms. I read it on the VEDA website, vestibular disorder association website. I was like, okay, but I need to know more. So I keep looking, keep looking. And then I found this website called my company. I don't know if it's a company or a medical office called Clarendon, Clarendon, C-L-A-R-E-N-D-O-N, Vision Development Center. And it gives you a whole list of symptoms of binocular vision dysfunction. So I'm like, let me read as much as I can because I still can't read that well. So the first thing that pops up in the website says dizziness, lightheadedness, nausea, and motion sickness symptoms. It tells you that dizziness and lightheadedness with varying degrees and frequency from occasional episodes to daily awareness. Triggers to dizziness include side-to-side head movement, which I had because your eyes have to change the motion, right? Up and down head movement, getting up quickly from a seated position. I didn't have that one, but bending over to retrieve an object. I used to get that one since I was younger. I remember that. Getting up quickly, riding as a passenger in a car, especially in the back seat. I remember in the back seat, I would get a little bit, sometimes, not all the time, um, my eyes would get a little bit fatigued and I would like pass out. Going around curves, rolling in a car, that never happened to me. High-speed expressway driving with fast-moving vehicles, passing on either side. Nausea, motion sickness, and car sickness often since childhood. I was like, I never had motion sickness. I only got car sickness if I laid in the back and I was reading something. Unsteadiness while walking develops a slower gait to feel steadier on feet and to avoid falling. Falls often with occasional breaks to bones due to being unsure of their footing. Drifts to one side while walking. That one hit me. Because I remember every time I used to go to the city to visit my cousin. And we used to walk and talk and go have a few drinks or eat. or This was daytime. Um, she was like, why are you always bumping into me? I always drift to the right side when walking. She goes, you're never walking in a straight line. And I'm always tripping on my foot. So I used to trip on my right foot a lot. And then um, unintentional moves into someone else's space while walking next to them. Feels like their midline of the body center is shifted to one side. Walks into the door frames, edges of tables and corners of counters. I hit my right elbow, my right elbow constantly since I can remember. I used to remember I used to walk through doorways, hit my right elbow. I would walk near a table, here, hit my right elbow. And my cousin's like, why? You're always hitting yourself for drifting to this side. And now I started to think my, when I first had my first episode, my whole body went to the right side, went into the, the other doctor's room, which was interesting. And then they say that symptoms are similar to those seen in patients with multiple sclerosis, sequelas of strokes, inner ear disorders, or Meniere's disease. This is why vestibular disorders is so difficult to diagnose because symptoms mimic other stuff. Obviously, when you go to the hospital, if you go to a good one, like I did my second time, they check for everything to make sure I didn't have MS and I didn't have a stroke. They even put me in the stroke unit for a few hours. It was almost a day I spent at the hospital to make sure I didn't have any of that since my speech was a little bit slower. Then it says head and neck 
and shoulder pain symptoms, which is similar to people who have vestibular migraines, right? So it says headaches with varying degrees of intensity and location. Most common locations, forehead, temples, back of the head. I was like, oh my God, that's me. I've been having headaches since this whole situation happened in the back of my head, forehead, top of my head, temples. It was my whole head felt horrible. Not just one side of the head, like regular migraines, my whole head. Pain with eye movements. I was impressed because moving my eyes in circles or looking at things were hurting. Feeling of pressure and heaviness on top of the head constantly since I had my first vestibular disorder. Facial sinus pain, pain in the jaw region. Severe neck and shoulder discomfort due to accompanying health tilt, frequently obvious. I was tilting my head a little bit to the left. So all the muscles in my left side of my neck and shoulder, like upper trap, upper back, were killing me constantly that I will ask my medical doctor that I work with um, and that works with me in the office to get me trigger point shots because there was massage therapy. There was adjusting and nothing will relieve the pressure. The adjusting part will help my neck, but that upper trap tightness was constantly there. It felt like a burning pain. And the only thing that would alleviate it was the lidocaine trigger point shots that he would go with a needle and break up that knot. Neck pain described as a neck headache or neck migraine. It says, please note these symptoms are similar to those seen in patients with sinus problems, migraines, TMJ, and spinal misalignment issues. Then driving symptoms. I never had problems driving. I was able to drive just fine. The only problem I had was when stopping. And this says right here, it says, difficulties with stopping at traffic lights and stop signs and behind other vehicles because of problem with estimating distances. The sign seems to move due to the underlying dizziness. It can sometimes feel like the car is moving backward even though the foot is on the brake. Images are seen moving in the peripheral vision that are that that aren't really moving. I remember when I used to stop at a at a stop sign or a red light, the road would look like it was a wavy road, like I could see it move, and the cars shifting from one side to the other will trigger it really really bad. I will always stop and like, oh my god, this light needs to turn green, needs to turn green like now. And then it talks about anxiety and behavioral symptoms. I never suffer from anxiety since I can remember. I was a happy-go-lucky child. Nothing will make me nervous, fearless child. After this whole vestibular disorder situation started, I started to develop anxiety because the vestibular disorder was triggering it. It was causing me to have, what if I get another episode? What if all of this stuff happens? Like people who suffer from these vestibular disorders and the anxiety is really, really bad, have to go to something called cognitive behavioral therapy to help them control their anxiety issues from it. I was able to um, do meditation on my own. I don't do like the um meditation, none of that. I will sit in a quiet room after everybody will fall asleep and meditate myself and think about happy thoughts and get out of that funk, but it doesn't work for everybody. So anxiety is associated with being uncomfortable while driving or in a moving vehicle, concern that a dizzy episode will occur while they're driving, and that they will not be able to pull over to the side of the road before harming themselves or others. Anxiety associated with being in a space with tall ceiling, like malls, grocery stores, big box stores. The multiple, sim the multiple stimuli and detail in a large space can overload the visual system and trigger a dizzy episode with the result of feeling of being overwhelmed. I didn't like to go to stores. I didn't want to go to supermarkets. 
um, I didn't want to go out and eat because I was afraid that something might happen to me. And then I had my five-year-old and my husband was had to deal with him and didn't know what to do. And then it says, generalized anxiety, sometimes severe enough to cause suicidal indentation. The anxiety gets so bad that to the point that you don't want to have um, to deal with this vestibular disorder symptoms. You know, people get to the point of that suicidal indentation. I got to the point that I started to think that it's better off if I'm not here no more. I can't do this no more. This is the worst I've ever felt in my life. I don't wish this on my worst enemy. I think I will be better off if I was not here in this world no more and at least I could rest peacefully. Those thoughts came through my mind tons of times and I even told that to my mom. And I get teary-eyed because I don't wish this on anybody. Nobody knows what you go through. And when these thoughts start coming in, it starts to consume you. It, my friends know that I'm a happy person. I like to talk. I'm really social. Um, I'm tough. Uh, but this whole situation has changed my mindset completely. And when you get to this point that I don't want to talk to nobody, to my friends, I don't want to, I just want to be locked in my room and just get home, take a shower, and go to sleep. I got to the point that your thoughts are really, really dark, you know? Anyways, oh, God. So it says, also, reading and learning disability. Kids can have this, okay? Kids can have the situation that where they start to read and they don't comprehend what I read. What, what caught my attention was I was a straight-A student since elementary school, and it says here that read rereading for comprehension and difficulty concentrating. I remember I used to read a line multiple times because I wouldn't comprehend the sentence. I was like, wait a second. But I will read it. I will hear it in my mind. But then I will read the second sentence and then I forgot what I read before. It says also skipping lines while reading, losing their place while reading, using their finger or a rule as a guide to follow along a line along on a line of print. I used to lose my my reading line all the time. I used to have I used to have a a ruler when I used to read, and I used to read with my finger, and I used to read sometimes out loud so I can hear it, so I can process what I was hearing. Words running together while reading, fatigue when reading. I used to get super sleepy when I used to read. It could be like what fifteen minutes or ten minutes into reading, and my eyes were like woo days off and go to sleep, like I will pass out. I will pass out on top of my book reading while um, elementary school, middle school, high school, undergrad, grad school, I will fall asleep. Like, why am I so tired all of a sudden? Um, sleep patterns, fitful and restless sleep pattern, aware of eye movement, making them dizzy, even while trying to fall asleep, causing dizziness. Often they sleep better when the room is completely dark since the light will be seen through the eyelids triggering visual vertigo. This was one of the big ones for me. Um, I used to have to sleep with a pitch black room. I couldn't never fall asleep because I could see my eyes flickering a little bit. This was before even. Um, now after the whole situation happened, same thing. I can't sleep com um, completely unless the room is completely dark. We have big windows in our bedroom and... We had, we're putting curtains now. So lately I've been sleeping for the past few months with a sleeping mask. It makes everything pitch black and it's when I can have beautiful sleep with nothing bothering me. 
Double vision symptoms, sensitivity to bright lights from misalignments of eyes, causing an exaggerated amount of glare of all, of a, of all surfaces. Since younger, I was sensitive to light. I would go outside, play outside for a long time, come back inside, and I will see the whole room like a little bit darker and dimmer, which was weird. My eyes wouldn't um, accommodate for the lights difference. Also, um, when driving, I will always put the visor down. It could be cloudy. It could be rainy, but I will still put the visor down because the glare or whatever was left in the sky will bother my eyes. Still to this day, still happens. Blurred vision, overlapping vision, double vision, and shadow vision. I had all that um, since I had, my, I had my whole episode with this vestibular disorder. Poor depth perception, sometimes feeling uncoordinated since childhood, especially with sports like catching or hitting a ball. Activities requiring hand and eye coordination. I used to play volleyball for fun and softball. I was good at softball. I was able to hit the ball and catch it. Volleyball was a tricky one. I was able to to um, to set to set the the ball and all that stuff. But when I had to spike it, my eye wouldn't coordinate with my hand to hit it. I will always miss it. Don't know why. And then I figure out that when I close one eye, um, now since I have the vestibular disorder, I'm able to see better. I get less symptoms. So closing or covering an eye eases visual tasks, which makes it a lot easier. And then the standard vision symptoms, which is eye strain, blurred distance vision, which I had, blurred near vision, which I had, had all that. And then the miscellaneous, they have it. Symptoms are feeling spacey. Your body feels that it's there, but it's not there. You feel out of body sensation. It's called um, derealization. Having difficulty concentrating with someone is talking to them, especially when it is from a cup for more than a couple of minutes. Difficulty looking at other people in the eyes for any prolonged period of time. It is made worse when the person is moving his or her hands or body, which can overstimulate the visual system and trigger dizziness. It's funny because I, I was never able to look at people's eyes when they talk to me. I will always look at their nose or mouth since I can't remember. I would never make eye contact with a person. And I will say that as because I was shy as a younger child and my shyness went away after I went to, I think, grad school. So, but after I had this situation with my dizziness disorder, um, I will have patience. Obviously, I'm talking to people from 10 in the morning to 7.30 p.m. And then I come home and talk to my husband and my son. But the patient specifically, I had to make eye contact with them because if you don't, they're gonna think that you don't care. So I will look at their nose and mouth. Um, I had a few patients that they like to talk and moving their arms a lot and all that stuff. And I remember I will look at their face, um, at their nose and mouth, and then I will still get spacey and dizzy, like really dizzy. I will look away for one second, and they kept talking to me. And I will answer that, but I will look away for one second to accommodate my eyes. And then I will tell them, okay, that's fine. Let's go lay you down on the table and you can keep telling me about it because I didn't want to be rude and be like, can you stop this? Because I don't like patients to know what I have. <laughs> um, I like to separate my professional life from my personal life. So it's good to have that. So patients were used to it. So they didn't, none of my patients know what I have going on, right? So it's pretty interesting. And then it says that the number of severity of symptoms are different in each person. Some people are disabled, others aren't bothered much. Many people with traumatic brain injury develop a small amount of eye misalignment from the injury that caused these symptoms. So it was really interesting because I was reading 
I read the vestibular migraine symptoms, the vestibular neuritis symptoms, and I was like, I don't have most, I have some of these, but not all of it. When I read these ones about binocular vision dysfunction, I was like, this is me. This is completely me. I've had this since I was a child because I've never had a concussion. I've never had a traumatic brain injury. I've never done anything. This just happens out of nowhere. And the funny thing about binocular vision dysfunction, I was reading about it in another article, patients start to feel these symptoms after 40, as early as 35. Guess what? It hit me when I was 36. I'm 37 right now. So it made common sense. I had this since I was a child, but my body was able to accommodate to it. Now that I'm getting older and my vision is changing, my body is like, what is this happening? I can't catch up. Boom. There we go. Binocular vision dysfunction. So I still with the doctor. I started with her in May of 2020, and I'm still seeing her every Sunday at 10, at 11 o'clock in the morning. It's been a long road. Um, my exercises keep changing, um, but I can say at this moment, I have, for the past two weeks, I've had two weeks that I've been feeling almost 100% which is super weird, right? Super weird. But this past week, I've been working a lot in my computer. So it's a little bit, my eyes are a little bit slower. So I'm able to feel like I'm 80%, 90%, which is still good. But I still have my symptoms. I still have a long ways to work. But my mindset has changed. My positivism is higher than ever. I know I can beat this. I know I'm able to treat it. And if this is going to be my new normal, I will accept it. Right? It has made me the person in the last year that has changed my mindset completely. My friends, who are my really close friends, know me from where I was at chiropractic school, but they don't know me now. And the ones that I still speak to, they look at me and they say, wow, you have completely changed. Your mindset is completely different. So we are all able to beat this. We all have to be positive. And my next episode, I will talk about what I've been doing at the moment, um, and we can talk about more of um, my prism glasses, because I didn't talk about that there. So we can talk about my prism glasses in my next episode. So I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening from all the countries in the world. I forgot to mention last time, um, Italy, Rome, well, Italy is in Rome. <laughs> Italy, uh, Philippines, there's uh, Ukraine, all those countries but thank you so much for listening follow me and instagram the underscore spinning underscore chronicles thank you thank you so much and i'll talk to you guys next time bye